0: You're listening to
1: PetLifeRadio.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. <coughs> And Whistle and I are thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite topic, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to visit with private investigator Karen Tarquin. And Karen is the most recognized missing dog expert in North America. And she uses her remarkable tracking dog team to help pet owners locate and recover their missing pets. And she's been featured on all kinds of television shows and newscasts across the country. And she even appears as a subject matter expert on the Animal Planet's website, as well as the dog whisperer, Caesar's Way. So come right back after these quick messages from our sponsors as we welcome Karen to the show.
0: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Enter the code WORK10, W-O-R-K, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code WORKING, W-O-R-K-I-N-G, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. How would you
2: Best Bets for Pets. Every week, only on
0: PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
2: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Today we're going to visit with America's Missing Pet Private Investigator, Karen Tarquin. Hello, Karen, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and we're so excited for you to be with us today. This is a little bit different for us. We usually have people on the show that have their working dogs with them, and that's their primary focus, but we're so thrilled because you have two things. You have working dogs, and then you also work to locate missing pets, so we can't wait to hear all about that and and how you earned the title of America's Missing (laughs) Pet PI. Tell us, Karen, how did you earn that title?
1: Well, I don't know how I earned the title. I mean, typically, these kind of things come through the media. they They come up with these little slogans and and uh, things like that. And I think the first time it was used was um a few years ago back um on CNN, and um, we were doing a, a high profile case in New York. So it's just one of those little monikers that, you know, gets attached to you. And I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Well, tell us about your job and about your working dogs that, that are
1: a part of your team. You bet. Well, basically, back in 2004, and I'll just give you a little background. 2004, one of my, my own dog went missing. His name is Jack and I was brought into the level of grief and panic and, honestly, terror that I'd never experienced, and this was my dog went missing, so it was a life-changing experience, and what an, I did find Jack after four and a half months, not thanks to any great um, investigative skills, more of an act of God, but we did get Jack back, and um, after that, I really began to think about if I had went through this experience and it was so devastating to me that it must be the same for other people. It was a big risk. There's really not, you know, I mean, it's still not a very big field. There's very few people that do it professionally. Back then, there was really nobody. I already was in search and rescue for missing people and had learned those techniques. And I was a PI, but, you know, human type things, much more, um, certainly not as exciting. But at any rate... Um, I started researching, studying, and then I committed. And back in 2005, I found Cade, who is my—he's uh, my my leading partner. I mean, I, I'm usually the the uh, pack leader, but but sometimes he takes control. Um, but I got pa- Cade back then, and I began training him, utilizing the skills that I'd learned in search and rescue for missing people. From there, it just blossomed, and and I went into it full time. It was a it was a big risk. Um, I tend to, um, we, we always try to use dogs from rescues or shelters, you know, my own, you know, you, you get your own personal beliefs in here and, and certainly at least for me in my world, there's so many dogs in the world that, um, you know, it, it's hard for me to justify, you know, bringing in more dogs. We always, I would say all the dogs on the team right now are all from shelters or rescues except for Kate and Somebody was giving him away out of the back of a truck at Walmart. <laughs> so wonderful, um, yeah. So we do, we do, we always use rescue dogs, and, and obviously we look for dogs with a certain aptitude. They have to want to play the game, and our game is hide and seek. And um, those dogs that uh, there's things that, that the dog will look. We look for in the dog um, when we're when we're doing interviews, and certainly we get a lot of requests. Dogs all over the country in shelters. You know, will this dog work? Will this dog work? but it's uh, it's been a really i jokingly say to people i was 47 before i learned what i wanted to be when i grew up and um you know it was it was it was, it was a life changing experience it was the best experience and um it's been really rewarding and certainly you know didn't really realize we would get the kind of accolades that we have which has been great really really great um but i run on the dumb end of the leash you know it's really the 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 dogs on the other end that uh, you know guide us and and certainly we I do other way, other ways of of recovery. Um, the dogs are our cold case experts, but uh, anyway well, when
2: when you started, um Karen, how did you get your first case? How did you because I know you said you decided to devote yourself to this, but how did you advertise? Was it a friend? How did you get your first case?
1: you know when you first start off in any field and certainly in this field where there's so much not only at stake, these are people's family members. The people that contact us, their pets are members of their family. And so there's a lot at stake. So certainly like anything, you're, you're very hesitant. And those first cases were certainly free. You know, we, we went out and we, you know, did our best and worked really hard. Uh, I want to say the very first case, gosh, I haven't even given this any thought. The very first case was somebody local that was lived in a town nearby and um, we went out, and at that time, it was just me and Cade. And um, later, we added other dogs to the team, and, and very quickly, quite honestly. But And we went out, and it was a beagle, and who, who are frequent flyers in our work, and um, it was a beagle. And then from then on, you know, word of mouth a little bit. Certainly, once you start our groundbreaker, meaning where we kind of were thrown into the I don't want to say the limelight, but, but kind of thrown into what people knew about us was when we worked the Vivi case, the Westminster show dog that went missing in New York. And that was, you know, years ago. But that kind of, you know, put our credibility and put us in the national spotlight.
2: And so you said that you use the search and rescue methods for training your dogs that work with you on the team. But when you go out on a case, how do you decide which dog or dogs of your team that you're gonna work to help you find that missing animal?
1: And I'm gonna clarify something for you just so so we have an understanding. When I first started, I utilized the techniques that I learned in search and rescue. As time went on, this is my seventh year of doing this work, Things evolved, and although we still use techniques that are similar in practice to what law enforcement and um, search and rescue uses, I have to, you know, things have evolved to the point where we do use a lot of techniques now that probably would look more like what hunting dogs do. We've, we've really had to do an evolution of, of, of our techniques, So, but, but to answer your question, a lot of it depends on what is the case profile, what's happening, how long is the, has the pet been missing, um, as to which dog we use. All of the dogs have different skill sets, and one of the things that I've learned in, in working with these dogs over the years is to allow each dog to kind of evolve into to what his system, what are his skills, and what's he going to be really good at? And rather than say you are going to be an air scent dog, and you are going to be, and these are search and rescue terms, we we don't usually, but just gives people a you know a way to uh, identify. But you know you're going to be a tr- footstep tracker. We really allow the dogs to evolve. So that said, all of them have different skill sets. Cade's probably best skill is that from a very long distance away and over a great period of time, Cade can detect scent with or without a trail. So, for instance, we're leaving for Colorado tomorrow morning. We'll be going to work a case of a dog lost up in the mountains in Divide, Colorado at the 9,000 elevation level. And she is lost up there with porcupine quills in her face. Mm -hmm. And um, she's what we call a star's dog. And so we will use Cade Just to start the case, we'll scan him from the point last seen, which is approximately three miles into the mountains. We'll scan him at that point and we'll ask him to tell us where is the most recent scent, not just where is the dog's trail, because she's been traversing this area for the past two weeks. What's the most recent? Get us there. Not so different than what a coonhound, because Kate is part coonhound, what a coonhound would do if a hunter asked him, find me a raccoon. What Cade does is we give him the scent for the specific dog in a bag and we ask him, find this dog. And then he will, he'll scan the area very quickly. He does a circle and he'll basically come back and tell me, let's go this way. Or if he doesn't detect the scent in a fairly large area, I mean, he's pretty good. We've tested him pretty regularly at a quarter mile. He'll come and he'll tell me, I don't have this scent. The scent's not here. So that's his skill. And the way we use that is we've got a dog like Bella missing the missing for this is her 16th day missing. He's going to be able to get us there quicker than what what we call a tracker. Brody's a tracker. Brody is a German wire haired pointer and he will follow the specific scent of a dog, but he's going to have to be pretty close to the actual trail that the dog walked. So if we bring Brody out and his ability to detect scent over a period of time is not as... He doesn't have that hound in him. So he's not going to be able to go aged-wise. The trail's not going to be able to be as old. So tomorrow when we start, we will be using Cade. Once Cade gets us into an area, you just get a feel. I mean, it's, it's an intuitive feel from working with each dog over a period of time. I'll then bring Brody in. And in this case, tomorrow, we're going to have to be hiking in and hiking out to switch dogs. So it's going to be a grueling case. Yeah. But well it's, I, I
2: see why you really need a team though because you really do need lots of different skills with your working dogs to really support you and to support the specifics in every case that you work. Right. That's so that's so cool. And yeah, you also so
1: never want the dogs. You never want the dogs to get tired. You yeah. never want them to get bored. So we quit. We never get a dog tired. We quit. Before the dog starts showing signs of fatigue so that every time it gets out of the truck, regardless the weather, regardless the altitude, regardless where we're at, the dog is excited to work Yeah. because we travel all over the country.
2: How many dogs are you going to take with you to Colorado for this case?
1: Tomorrow we're going to be taking five. And, you know, we always have everybody that lives in our house, because I do do rescue, everybody gets a chance to play hide and seek, to do the work. So we will be taking three veteran dogs with us, Twist, Brody, and and Cade. And then we have a little dachshund who is really just, you know, he came out of a puppy mill. He just decided he could do this work. And we'll bring him in, and he'll just be, we use him to confirm turns. So, and he's little, you know, he's, well, so is Twist. We, we, we're we not a breed-specific as far as what we use, we use dogs that have an aptitude and love the game. Twist is an 18 pound Jack Russell terrorist. So, you know. <laughs> and, and oh, that's
2: wonderful. That's great. Yeah, I love that. There's, I love that diversity. That's so great that you really could use all these different types of dogs. How do you transport your team of dogs when you like travel to Colorado? How will you get them there?
1: We've used a variety of different vehicles over the years. Today, we're actually we've come down to a place where we're using a um, basically just a van. They all have their own separate crate. They do travel in crates. We'll stop every two or three hours. Everybody gets out, which you know adds to travel time extensively. But that's how we do. We we, we drive. We don't fly because there's too many dogs, and we won't put the dogs in the hold um, yeah. when we when we did used to fly. We could only fly, I could only fly with one dog, and that takes a special dog. You know, there's a lot going on in a plane, and, you know, a dog that, like Kate, who's very, very good at what he does, he would not like the interior cabin of a, of, a, of a plane, it would be. But anyway, we need a good team.
2: Yeah, I was wondering about that if you flew them because I know for Whistle, my service dog, he can fly in the cabin and he's trained to do that. So it works beautifully. But I wondered about your dogs with their skills and their their jobs, how you actually travel. So that's great that you can drive. So that makes it much better for you and for them, definitely.
1: Yeah, pretty much have to drive. I mean, we'll be traveling with five dogs tomorrow, but in reality, Paco goes everywhere we go. He's our little general. He's our token lost dog, our five-pound chihuahua. So we, we travel with six dogs. Paco goes everywhere. (laughs)
2: Well, that sounds awesome. Well, we are going to take a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we're going to come back and continue visiting with Karen. We have a lot more we want to talk about and we want to ask some really important questions. And hopefully Karen will share some tips with us that if one of our dogs goes missing, what we should do. So come right back after these quick messages.
0: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order. And free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com.
1: I play tennis because I love to. But inside, I want to win. Take away the court, the net. I might not be a player, but I'll always be a competitor. Lady Foot Locker understands that. Lady Foot Locker, the first to carry Adidas off-court shoes and the gear that goes with them. If you
0: play your best, there's no regret. Lady Foot one place, every woman. Go to ladyfootlocker.com and enter the code AFWRK1LF to get 10% off any order of $50 or more. Or enter the code AFWRK2LF. To get 15% off any order of $75 or more at ladyfootlocker.com.
1: Celebrate
0: your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one carat brilliant diamonds, channel set in 14 carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ICE.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ICE.com and use promo code ACTFP. And get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at diamond.com. Ice.com or diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio.
2: Good
0: boy. Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio.
0: Petliferadio. Radio. We
2: Welcome back to working like dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Karen Tarquin, America's Missing Pet Private Investigator. And Karen, I wanted to ask you, if someone's animal goes missing, what should they do? What are some tips that you could share with us that could really help them to be able to recover their missing animal?
1: Some of that is going to be species specific if it's a missing cat or if it's a missing dog, but just speaking in general, I can tell you that the first thing that most people should do is first off is not to panic. As soon as you start to panic, it's very hard to kind of focus. I encourage people take three deep breaths and let's go back to where was the pet last seen? What do we think has happened? Not a tangent. What do we think has happened? And then follow those steps in order. When it's ascertained that a pet is missing, and, and we're going to talk about, let's say, let, let's use a dog, for example. When it's ascertained the dog is not on the property, the dog is definitely missing. You know, Maybe it went missing from a vet or something. What I generally encourage people to do is start to go out quickly depending on how the, the long the pet has been missing, but you want to start developing witnesses. Has anybody seen anything? If they go out and after the first hour or two, they haven't been able to find the pet, I usually recommend people go back quickly, get some flyers. We also many times at the very beginning, we call it the first 48, we will have somebody do a Pet Amber Alert, which is a uh, phone broadcast service that um, goes into the nearby homes and says, you know, Fluffy's missing, this is what he looks like, and um, if you have any information, please contact the owner. So that, that's one of the techniques that we use when a pet first goes missing. But basically, it, it's that you want to get as many people, this is a volume game. When a pet is missing, 90% of the time, it's going to be recovered through other people's eyes and ears. Something somebody heard, something somebody saw. So it, it is about getting as many people to know that the pet is missing as possible. We use signage. Not all of our, Most of our cases are actually worked here out of my office, doing aerial diagnostics and canine profiling and using community awareness. So, just if I could offer something to anybody whose pet goes missing, is to remember this phrase it's a volume game. The more people that know your pet is missing, the likelihood of the recovery and the quicker the recovery.
2: Yeah, well, I, those are all important tips. And I know earlier this year, I let Whistle, he likes to go out in the backyard for a few minutes, you know, a couple of times a day that he has his free time. And I had let him out in the evening and a storm was actually coming and we had had some work done in our backyard and our gate was not closed completely. And I understand what you mean about the panic because (laughs) I realized that Whistle had gotten out and I looked at that gate and it was wide open and he was nowhere to be found. And we live outside of... of a a city. And so it's pretty rural out here. And I mean, I was panic stricken. And with the storm coming, you know, I was so worried about where he was. And with him being a working dog, it was sheer panic. And fortunately, it had a happy ending. I got out in my neighborhood and started calling him. And and luckily, he heard me and came to me. But those first few minutes and hours are just so critical to really get out there and to find your animals and to know where they are and, and things can happen so quickly. So that's really good information. And I didn't know that you could do Amber Alert. Do all communities
1: have that? Oh, no, no, no. It, it, I mean, they can be done in any community. But the service that we use is called Pet Amber Alert. They're actually out of New York, but they cover all of the United States. So, yeah, it's a company out of New York we use, and um, we can get an Amber Alert out usually within an hour. We do what's called center search. Yeah, it's a great service, and and we partner with them. Because if if a pet goes missing right away, we call it the first 48, you can do 300 neighbors real quickly, you know, and Mm -hmm. to let them know real fast. And it'll go to their voicemail or or, um, right to their residents. It it doesn't do cell phones. It does residents. They also Mm -hmm. have a fax service where they go to shelters and, It's a great service, and certainly when a pet first goes missing and it's wandering around, and people go, Oh, that's that dog that I just saw down on Mm -hmm. the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and you know, you you brought up a good point, so I want to share with your listeners a little bit about prevention. You said you realized that whistle went missing and you saw that gate open. You probably will never forget. picture of that gate in your brain (laughs) i
2: certainly will not and let me tell you that that gate now has locks on it because i don't ever want that to happen again and i put it spring loaded now and i put locks on it because whistle likes to run he's a runner
1: right Right. and and some of that is genetic certain breeds are that way but you said something that everybody should hear which is you went into your neighborhood and you began calling him so typically obedience trained therapy dogs have a really good conditioned come alert we call it a conditioned response but most of us would would say it's a come response come you know or or a command Mm -hmm. everybody should do a conditioned response for their pet dog or cat to get them to come. Now that doesn't mean obedience. That means something that the animal will come to making whatever that is. I mean some people it's a squeaky toy, some people yeah. it's the rattle of a dog food. We have the dinnertime song here, very simple. We go when I feed the dogs, we sing the dinnertime song, which is simply dinner time, dinner time, dinner, dinner, dinner time. Dinner. Why do we do that? Because the dogs know. Actually as I did that everybody's heads up. They're all here in my family room with me. The reason we do that is it's a conditioned response that is associated with food. And we use all food-motivated dogs. So food is a big thing in this house. Well, Well, it will be for many, many dogs.
2: Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because that's the other thing I did is I ran out the door. I grabbed his bag of his favorite treats. And I took those with me just in case, and I would shake them because that's when he – because Whistle loves to stay out in the backyard. So sometimes I had to learn that for his recall was to give him a treat when he comes in. So I definitely took those with me, and I I was so glad because I was worried that, you know – I had something that I could try to to get him to come to me. But I I was screaming, and the wind was blowing, you know, so it was really difficult for my voice to carry. But fortunately, he did hear me and came running, and he just thought it was all way big fun, you know, that he was getting to run
1: around the neighborhood. But I tell you what, it took 10 years off of my life. It's a catastrophic situation. I, I still remember it. I have a little um, five-pound chihuahua, Paco. That's my best buddy. And I I pretty much know where he is at any minute of the day. You know, not not five minutes goes by that I don't know where Paco is. Well, there are times that he'll get locked in a room or I think I've locked him outside. or I mean, in that well of, of panic that comes up into my chest because he's only five pounds. And nobody means for their dog to go missing. Matter of fact, most of my clients would tell you that it would never have happened to them. But circumstances happen that are outside of our control. So I will share people, you know, if you will train your dog to a conditioned response to come, now that can be, you know, calling the dog's name. And every time he comes to you for, you know, two or three weeks, you give him a little tidbit, whatever that is. Now, it's different depending on the profile of the dog. Dogs that are stars, dogs, shy, timid, aloof, reserved or skittish. Those dogs are not typically trusting of people. So when they get out, you don't want to do loud calling. You don't want to, you still want a conditioned response, but everything needs to be quiet because those dogs that have those genetic tendencies, they're predisposed to sensitivity. Those dogs are going to be much more highly sensitive when they get out, especially if they're in bolting behavior.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, Karen, how would if our listeners wanted to use your services? How can they contact you, and what kind of services do you offer?
1: The easiest way to reach us is at our website, which is www.k9pi.com, like K9 Private Investigator. We have several websites: How to Find dot com. These are ways to reach us. How to Find dot com is actually for pet owners with missing dogs. And it's scenario-based. You go in and you, you know, my dog is shy, my dog is friendly, and you just click on those, and it'll tell you the most likely scenarios that's going on with your dogs. The services that we offer is we start all cases with a review. I have to go over the case so that I understand what's going on. 99% of the time I'm going to be able to, in 5, 10 minutes, know what's happened to this particular dog. And that's because, just like an NCSI, where you profile people, when you profile dogs their scenarios are going to be are going to be very similar but so we do do canine profiling aerial diagnostics probably for 80% of our cases which means we'll solve them right here from from our office by being able to tell somebody based on on the the personality the terrain where the dog is missing and the missing event what what happened how did the dog go missing what we're going to need to do to recover the dog now we don't always recover the dog the pet, obviously, but if it's feasible at all, we'll work it from here. In a case like Bella, who we're going to, to Colorado tomorrow, you know, she is lost up in the wilderness. There's nobody to help us. The pet owner has no has no way to follow her. On top of that, with porcupine quills in her in her snout, we're not sure what the effects of that would be. So there's really no help up there. So we pretty much have to go in with tracking dogs. We were contacted this morning about going to Joplin because there was a dog that was picked up by the tornadoes. And there's a nationwide, uh, not a search, but it's got a lot of publicity. And they contacted us this morning and said, could we come and at least try to tell them what's happened to this dog? So you're going to be doing that. We may go from Colorado. We may travel all the way down to Joplin, Missouri, which is 13 hours from the uh, location in Colorado will be. There's a lot of travel involved, but the dog's case, it's it's a cold case. I mean, she's been missing since the tornado. She was picked up by the tornado. Let's see. She was seen, I believe, just shortly after the tornado. So she survived the tornado, but, but she hasn't been seen since.
2: Wow. It would be remarkable if you could find that dog and what that would mean to that family. I can only imagine, especially sure. after the trauma of the tornado, that would... That would be awesome, which it sounds like all of your work is really amazing, and and you've just helped so many people.
1: I'm very fortunate. It's, it's great work.
2: Yeah. Great work. Well, tell us, what's your most memorable find that you've had so far?
1: You know, the things that are most memorable for us being, you know, you, as you know, working with dogs are usually those cases that were just so unique based on what it was that our tracking dogs were able to do. Some of the things, you know, some of the more joyous things are, you know, a dog missing, well, we had a, a dog named Lacey. She was missing 10 days and we found her in two hours and she was three miles away. And that was all through tracking. Those are memorable cases for mm-hmm. the pet owner. Cause I mean, those are, you know, unique, some French bulldogs that were missing for nine weeks. And by the end of the first day we were there, we had the dogs back in the people's arms. And they'd been found stray. They'd been sold to a puppy mill. We found, Cade found them. We got a lead. We went 25 miles away and started scanning Cade every quarter mile out in the country. And uh, he picked up the scent of one of the dogs and ran to the puppy mill where they were being held.
2: That is so phenomenal. What an awesome working dog team you have.
1: So so those kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, it it really is. I mean, like I said, every time I start, every time I start a dog, it passes through my brain. Isn't this amazing? Thousands of times later, (laughs) isn't this amazing that this dog wants to do this with me? And I'm saying, here's a scent. Tell me if this scent, out of all of the millions of molecules, can you follow this one? The way we train them is we lay trails over trails and then ask them and have them five weeks later go and work that trail. But they have to tell us where we took, you know, where did we turn? Which of the trails of the three that's laid here is the most recent five weeks later?
2: That is so incredible. dogs are incredible. I I know. I know what you mean because every time whistle... Still does, I've had an assistance dog for 20 years, but every time he does something for me, I'm still, my heart is just so filled with awe and with gratitude to these animals for the work that they do. And like you said, that they want to do it and that they love it. It's just so incredible. So I am so sorry that we're out of time because we just have enjoyed talking with you so much, Karen. But I, I do want to just give those websites out one more time to our listeners of how they can contact you. And that was K9PI.com and HowToFindAlostDog.com. So that's how you can reach Karen. And Karen, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And we certainly wish you all the best in Colorado and in Joplin that hopefully you can find these lost dogs and and bring some joy to
1: these families. Well, great. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you, our
2: listeners, for being with us. We love that you're joining us, and I love getting your emails. Um, Whistle and I love to read them and get your questions and ideas for future shows, so please keep those coming, and you can email me at Marcy M-A-R-C-I-E at petliferadio.com You can also follow us, follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook and Twitter. And you can read our blog at WorkingLikeDogs.com. So thanks so much, and we hope you'll come back real soon and join us again. Take good care.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.